Okay, I'm going to go ahead and get started. Let's open us in prayer and dive into uh, our God, Lord's disciplines. Father God, we love you so much. Uh, just the greatness of um, and the opportunity to open your have us your spirit active um, for our good, sir, beyond our understanding, uh, for the hope and the assurance, uh, the trials. Uh, there is just no privilege uh, than fellowship. Amen. <coughs> So the question, uh, opening question on this, kind of just get us going, and it's a lot of different perspectives on this. We step back, and we've been had the last couple of weeks. We've started with this introduction to see with God, that the deepening of that relationship, and recognition of that through God's discipline in our lives. So we've had some questions of discussion and reflection, and this is the opening one: is what is Thine of God in His sovereign governing of adversaries and circumstances that are in your life. Adversaries and circumstances, like what is God's greater purpose or design? How would you might how would you how would you might act that or, or pers- we're looking at so in other words, the perspective of what God is doing. What is God's design? In other words, what is His design in sovereignly governing the, the circumstances of our life, including those adversaries. What is his design? Yeah, yes, about what he's doing. No, I, I, I'm totally with you on that. I, I, I don't know. These are all right. Right, I, I'm totally right, with right, that. Right, so right, right. And he's using adversaries to cover it. No, I just look at the question. I always like to take the question and just sort of just draw some on to it. And so... I think ultimately what you've said in there is that when we look at what, whatever this looks like in our lives as far as what those adversaries are, what they look like, who they are potentially, or even the circumstances in, of you and us have different circumstances, yet we'll experience these things. There are more to come. And his design is really to have these in our lives, to govern these for the purpose of changing the focus of our, the object of the focus, which is he, another God. And so... When you, when you take all of these and you sum them together and you kind of start to break it down, it is exactly about this intimacy. It's this relationship. And I just, I, what I keep coming back to is back to Hebrews, which it's why, or why is there this discipline for whom the Lord loves? So ultimately, you can take back and say is that these things are happening in our lives and could, could take all of your circumstances, everything, because in this love, he is saying, is that he wants us to go to this deeper level of intimacy through the process of discipline, so that we do start to see him. I, I love this. I, I love this transformational um, proclamation of jo- at the end of Job, where he says that my eyes were open and I see. It was, it was really this picture of salvation in many ways. It's a, trans, a transformational perspective. And what he saw was not the circumstance, not the adversaries in his life. Or any, and he clearly just saw God and God alone in it. And I, I'll submit that that is the great challenge. This is our great challenge. leaders, And I, and I feel as though that what... So we're in this group here, and we're raising it to a whole different perspective. And so, exactly what it's about. And I, I want you to recognize that this is God's greater purposes. 
how the examples and things, and so it is a digger deeper type of perspective. And submitting that the shallowness of our perspectives in many ways, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come to something as we get to this chart, and, and actually it was something, um, as we've studied, is, does it point to the, 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 how shallow it is in our own lives? And that this week someone shared with me, another believer, just about the fact is, is that um, they were talking through a circumstance in here, and at one point uh, this individual just said, I came to realize how shallow... I am, because they concern, They were concerned about themselves and the circumstance of, you know, it's like this, this big question of like, you know, like, when is this going to stop, or when, that was the wrong question is what they were asking. They came to the point, they were saying how shallow I am for even, like, asking this question of when is this going to stop, or when is it going to change, and really, the, the, the question that they revealed back, saying it was what God is showing us, is it's, it's it's what is He doing? Where is God in all of this? So it's it's changing the object of it. So Psalm seventy three, at that point, that's exactly what happened. Right in the middle of that psalm, Mark, I love that as well. It says, "When I came into the sanctuary, this was worship." So as we continue in this. And it kind of building up this, and I'll, I'll quickly go to the fill-in-the-blank parts of this here quickly to get us up, is, is this understanding. And then as we'll segue into next week is this response to God's discipline. And so it is this process by which God is making us like His Son. And it's, these, it's the passage in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 10, where He's saying, For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them, but He, God, for our profit, that we may be partakers of His holiness. And so as we kind of have worked through, and we pointed out this Hebrews 12, is just repletes uh, focus in discipline. So as we picked up from last week, and just quickly going through this, and not having to keep on repeating this, um, define discipline as to shepherd, to train, to train up a child, to correct, to cultivate, educate, develop, mature. Emphasis on God's discipline in our lives, and really, it has this term of a child type of rearing uh, focus. So that being the case, discipline in itself is not a negative, bad word. It is a positive, uplifting, has actually this familial type of of emphasis. So as we looked at this resting and the wrestling, the things that we challenge. Uh, are challenged by as believers is how we reconcile <clears throat> this discipline of the Lord in our lives this, with this balance of resting and being at peace with striving in the Christian life and yet working through challenges it presents. How do we, we balance that? Last week we also looked at the difference between punishment and discipline and kind of just in, in summary of some of the points that were m- mentioned last week, God's punishment, it stems from his wrath against sin. God hates sin. Um, and then, we're di- as, whereas his discipline, so God's punishment versus his discipline, stems from his love for his children. And this is, again, going back to this first part of it. We looked at some of these verses, and I, and, and I just wanted to kind of touch base with, over these fairly quickly again, with what is God's purposes for the discipline our lives, and this first one is this refining us, and in, in this refining process, is, is God is chastening, or he is, 
for the purpose of, of correcting. In a couple of the passages that um, we had looked at was 1 Corinthians 11, verses 20 to 22, where here the church in Corinth was really having some behavioral issues. There, there were very, their maturity was uh, weak. I mean, they were, actually, they were very carnal, and uh, they were immature. I'll, I'll restate that that way. They were very immature. And yet God... I mean, Paul came in and was actually very were rebuking them for the behavior. And one of the, the great truths of that passage in First Corinthians that I just wanted it was really coming to the summary of that in verses 29 uh, through 32, especially especially at the end. For this reason, many are uh, in verse 30. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned uh, with the world. And what Paul is basically saying is, is that in this parting of the refining process, there are consequences that would come. And there were actually things that were happening, whether that was a physical illness. And in many cases, God may choose to take someone's life for saving them. Just recognize that. Respect and awe, of course. And then um, the second one was to prevent sin. And this this is this image that I have where it's this this literal fences or hedges that are built into our own lives. Second uh, Corinthians twelve verses seven through ten is Paul's uh, passage where he describes this thorn in the flesh and recognizing he stating in there that. Obviously, it was from the Lord that God, um, lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelation, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I will I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it hard for me, and he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. That statement, it it, it was like a restatement of what you see the, 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 the circumstances and the, and the change in the uh, focus. Rather than on the thorn in the flesh, he is saying, my grace is sufficient. Focus in the object of those circumstances is God. This is sufficient for you. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities. This, you know, what is God's greater purpose in this one for Paul? One of the things that sticks out for me is pride in the flesh. The fact that he said that he would, should be exalted above measure. To concerning this thing, he, he, in other words, lest I be exalted above measure. It, it was about humility that God was bringing this into his life. And I, I must tell you that, you know, as a, as a former, you know, athlete, you, you're always striving, you're always striving, and you're always focused on pushing the, the physical capacity of what you're doing. Well, as you age, or you get injured, and what happens is, is that you, you become humbled by the fact it's like, not going to happen. You know, or you try to do something, and they say, well, I used to be able to do something. You know what? Not about what we used to do. It's, it's here. And God, we do these things so God humbles us. Again, it changes our focus. To educate and to teach us. And if you look at um, what God is doing in these situations, and, and much like in the Joe passages, and, and, and again, just because um, Mark mentioned that, and I, I wouldn't mind just taking a look at the end of Job. Here, you, Job chapter 1, we, we have this blameless and righteous man, yet there is this transformation 
that occurs, repentance and is in how God restores him in, in chapter forty two, which is the last chapter of Job. I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. Asked, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me which I did not know. Listen, please, and let me speak. He said, I will question you and you shall answer me. I heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now. And this is what he's saying. But now my eyes see you there. Therefore, I abhor myself and repent. I love that transformational verse right there, and it's much like we see in, in Psalm 73, where there is this, our eyes see this. And remember, in some of the examples we've looked at in prior weeks uh, there, that even with the disciples themselves, they didn't see this, what was going on right with Jesus in front of them. And it's because... And it, like in Mark, it said, is because of the pride in their lives. They had blinders on. They did not see. So with, with a contriteness of heart and brokenness, that comes with maturity ex- through experiences. There's two questions, and, and I'll get to it, questions we have to ask ourselves constantly. You know, where is God in all of this? So it is our, it's a daily question when we see that God is there. So where is God? Part of this is this what comes out of it is the discernment, the understanding. The second question as we go is, is it, what is what is God putting on display? Okay? And it, so it's, it's like a question of, is it a, a develop, what is God, is it a development of something or is it a display of something? And I'm going to kind of go sides of that. He is developing something, meaning that is it exposing some of the things that are in my own life? Okay, through that. So this could be a display of my own life, the sin in my own life that God is using through that. Or, as in all cases, once I see that, then I see is that God is displaying and developing Him. In other words, to recognize the fullness of His character. To recognize that through the circumstance, He's got a bigger design than I think. So it's the, it's, where is God in all this? But it's develop, display type of question. He is always about displaying himself. It's glorified. We don't see that. At the same time, so we have to go back and we have to see that part of that development and displaying is, a, is of our shoes are that we are no different than what Paul, I think, expressed that, that develop and display because he is saying, God brought this into my life to expose potentially pride issues. Okay. At the same time, God is displaying that this is this. Christ, Christ has been teaching, represents, to share in his holiness. Um, no, no stronger statement of that directly is just right in Hebrews. I didn't even write, include that in that, but you know, Hebrews chapter 12 and in verse 10 it says that specifically. They indeed for a few days chasten us, but he for our profit that we may be partakers. Share in his holiness. This is God's greatest purpose in there. The Hebrews 12, 10, verse Peter one six, uh, one sixteen. Uh, she comes up to six as well. In this, you greatly rejoice, though not for a little while. If if need by various tri- trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor. Verse sixteen. But he who called you is holy. You also be holy. 
share in His holiness. So God teaches us about His character and His ways, and so this is, again, what He is revealing to us. One is that we gain understanding, discernment, and wisdom. Uh, just a support verse uh, for that one. Proverbs chapter 15, 31-30. Proverbs chapter 15. He that hears the rebukes of life will abide among the wise. He who disdains instruction despises his own soul, but he who rebukes understanding. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom and before honor is humility. God is teaching us about His character, and, and through this we gain understanding discernment. These three, I think, are so critical to start with from the standpoint is, is that how do you know? So ask the question of where is God in all of this, the circumstances or the adversarial types of situations, where is He? It can only be viewed properly through the Spirit's engagement that produces discernment. We want to please and to walk with Him. God disciplined God's discipline teaches us about his character so that we want to please him and walk with him. Get correction in here for the purpose of that we want to be. I think what we've been talking about for the past months in, in the focus is this development of a greater. That, that, I think that's what, what is shared by us in our focus, but for all believers, is that we desire to please him and to walk with him. To develop a passion for that intimacy. It has to be a, a stirred up passion. It there cannot be a complacency. It cannot be a good enough. It's to be stirred. It is this passionate pursuit to see in fellowship with him. And to cultivate becoming the best worshipers of him. And again, this passage of giving honor that we saw in the, that previous verse, verses in here where we saw is this praise. I, I think that when we see the transformation of this perspective, when it comes right, it's worship and better worshipers. So what do we need to remember in our Christian lives? And this is not questions in your hand out there, but just to kind of get us going, is to recognize as we, as we as far as our remembrance of this, as we approach God's discipline, is that trials and suffering comes from God who uses them. Shit. Using them. Trials and suffering, we, we know of the promises that they're, they're happen. I, I, I Many times I like to look at, in uh, scriptures, you look at the, even the cultural uh, attacks against that culture by even Jesus, which are to flip it. He'll flip that perspective. See one as an example of what, how they would, in day, how they viewed punishment. Um, you know, what the, what the cause of it. They viewed it the wrong way, and so Jesus quickly flips it. Yeah. So recognize that they're coming from God. Two is that to remember the Word. As we approach God's discipline, we have to remember the Word. And that's going to be in, the, in verse 5. There's this, don't forget the exert, you know, ex- exhortations. Don't forget. But remember the Word. And as we try to build that out in your life today, we'll, get, we'll have this exercise for you to begin to build that out where we can link to key verses that you remember. Um, and again, that's what's fair. To remember that we are His children. So that familial type of relationship in God's greater purposes for the discipline, they're familial. It's a father-son, it's a relationship, and so we are his children. Passages that we get to in these proofs of the discipline is that he says that he disciplines us as sons. Mickey, you made a comment last week and we responded that it, 
absent a relationship, in other words, with Christ, there is no godly discipline of really significance because it's not based... It's When you have a relationship with God, you are a son at the new birth. That is a reminder for us. Yet, what we'll submit is that many times we respond no different than disciplining your four-year-old. They viewed the discipline that his design is love and how we kind of focused on this. So why? We need it. <laughs> Just because we need it. None um, perfect. Hustling. So those important questions that we I went back to is ask ourselves just over and over. So now we get into this app, this applying part, and how do we begin to reshape the perspectives to challenge our perspectives and shape them? Where is God in all of this? This is whatever it is. It's the circumstance. It is the blessing. It is the the, the challenging adversarial situation. It is the, the trial. It is the suffering. It is the illness. It is the employment situation. Whatever it is, where is God in all this? And second question, is God's discipline a develop or display opportunity? So these words of develop and, and, and display in quotes, think of it, is that it's for the purpose of God development opportunity. So in other words, God's discipline is a develop opportunity. In other words, what is he developing in my life? Obviously, the development comes in my life as I'm learning through display. That display is exposing how do we react. And this is what will segue into our response overall. Because how we react or respond, it follows our perspective. So we're going to try to build that out a little bit. And as we kind of go into, back to Hebrews chapter 12, is that the... The author of Hebrews is very intentional for to be able to get us to begin to focus on this object of ultimately God's greater purposes for suffering trials. And so what he does with this is, first of all, as part of that recognition, is to focus on Christ. In Hebrews chapter 12, again, at the beginning of this, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and fisher of our faith. Joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, sat down at the rod. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul. You have not resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. You have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you, sons. So as we kind of look at this text, again, what this first focus on this is that he endured, Jesus endured the wrath of God so that men might be saved. And at this first part of it, looking at all that, that he just described in chapter 11, with much of the... the of enemies, these oppressors even, of the results of those that would happen to these saints. <coughs> He's bringing it back to saying is that the focus, though, is on me. He ultimately endured the wrath of God. He endured, verses 12-3, the opposition of sinners. And this is this motivation for our striving. It is our motivation for striving. So this is an important um, reminder for us, is that when we look at, even within Scripture, is the continued, what God is saying is look to Jesus. You see, this ultimately is 
the object of all that you purpose to do in your striving. So if any is anything other than that, um, paint onto is what he's going to say. And that Jesus' sacrifice is contrasted, as it said, to the price. They had not yet shed blood. They had not yet become martyrs. And I, I, I often think of this is that there is always, um, I can quickly adjust my perspectives on anything when I consider the circumstance <laughs> that all the time. So I get a little uh, impatient with our dog because he's doing things and is getting me all worked up for stuff that is no eternal consequence. <laughs> on the perspective, and I battled with things that are greater. And I was kind of just contrasting it with the minimal. His focus was is that they compared even martyrdom that they had not even experienced yet, these Hebrews, context, that very well will, still was not in contrast fully to Christ, wrath of God. So our suffering doesn't compare to his, yet his suffering is what we deserve. Christian life is really described, and I keep going through this struggle against that we, we, we own that. We, we know it from Scripture specifically. John chapter 3, verse 20 and fifteen nineteen. these are from verses that when, as believers, what do we know about the world? Verses specifically. And so sometimes the enemy is the evil in the world opposed to the people of God. Specifically forewarned. All, all of those disciples that, that were following here, they didn't even see that necessarily. That, as he continued at this room. Sometimes the enemy is opposed to the holiness of God. I'd like to... Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter... Five, verse seventeen. That so, so the the enemy is within us. I mean, it is this flesh, and so clearly stated in there. And therefore, they're going to be at opposition. That will continue. So, how is the victory have through that? Um, the other passages is First Peter chapter two, chapter two, eleven. Beloved, I beg you, as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. So, when we think of this striving. Um, war is it's a battle You're, I believe that the more that um, in it the more you, you start to see the, the perspectives properly it, still, it just gets cranked up that much so our responsibility is to resist and strive source of evil this is this what you're talking about Mark I mean shedding of blood um, one of the Mark chapter 8 verse 34 and 35 that's the familiar passage where Jesus your disciple to go across and follow me. One of the, the things I, when we were studying, uh, focused on um, Simon, Simon of Cyrene. Only read, only, what do you know about Simon? He was the one who carried the cross, right? right? That's it. But so we dug a little deeper and we started to find out. So he was this Jew. He came from Cyrene, which is Africa, you know, and he had come. He'd come to the Passover. He had come as a, come to the Passover for the purpose of. Celebration, so Passover. You know, but yet he was chosen by the Romans to carry. So the application that we is, is that sometimes in the Christian life, we just kind of go to church to fellowship. And many, what God is teaching me through that is that he's, sometimes we have to get grabbed. Now you're going to carry the cross. Like, this is really this picture of what discipleship is about. It's this Mark passage to take up my cross and to follow him. Sometimes disciples, when we say that we're disciples and Christians, disciples of Christ, 
And like we're just like watching. We're watching God sometimes grab us and put us in there. At the <laughs> to be carrying the Savior's cross, right? So how did the disciples of Jesus, along with most of the Jews, of that suffering? In John chapter nine, I'll remind you of this passage. This is the blind man passage. Remember that. Uh, and remember what, how the Jews viewed this blind man. What was the, Why did they? It was the sins. It was the cause of it. So it, obviously there was some punishment how they viewed it, right? Exactly. In Luke chapter 6, you know, again, it's similar types of situations where we view it wrongly. And God gives us his word to enable us to endure. And what Jesus did here in, the, in Luke 6, this was the, the uh, Sermon on the Mount. So remember in the Sermon on the Mount, it was, a, it was a flip, wasn't it? It was a total flip of perspective. Because all that the Jews of the day, had, how they recognized suffering, blessing, they put on its end and burst it. And so God gives us his word to enable us to endure. And I can't emphasize this part of it enough because the word is so critical. And again, in Hebrews, when he says that, don't, don't ask that. Stage 5. goes on again to, to challenge their perspective on the discipline. Compares it in contrast to Jesus' sacrifice and suffering. He says, and you have forgotten. You have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons. So we cannot apply and live by Scripture unless we are His children. We made that statement earlier, obviously. And we cannot apply and live by Scripture we do not know or that we have. Don't overlook the fact that the author, the writer of Hebrews quotes uh, Proverbs. Right? So have, see these italics uh, references Testament. Referencing uh, kind of sneak a, sneak a peek back to Proverbs chapter 3, and you'll see the, exactly this quote in verses 11 12. However, don't, you almost need to, to recognize what is happening in this overall uh, proverb back to the very beginning. So he says, you have forgotten. So in this, had these Hebrews, it's like in other words, within the context of Hebrews 12, it's like the question is, is had these Hebrews forgotten Suffering is God's way of dealing with father-son situation. See, in other words, when you look at chapter Proverbs chapter three, which the the Holy Spirit used as the reference point, this is my son. Do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands for the length of days long in peace. And so, again, as you look through this, this is this instruction of wisdom, and it goes on. From there, all do not be wise in your own eyes. Health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with possessions. So as your, as your barns we fill with plenty. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. So the fact is that what we have this is to understand this is that Hebrews, they had already forgotten this psalm, or, you know, I mean, this proverb. So that's the value that, I mean, this is what God is showing us in here. It is his word, and so therefore... How can we, if God is giving us his word, we have a responsibility to study it. With that is that even with that, we still forget. Deuteronomy 8, 5, I already have that too. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe. Live and multiply and go and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness humble you 
and test you to know what was hard, what his commandments or not. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with man and others know that he, therefore, you shall keep the commandment, walk in his way. It goes back to what God is trying to reveal for himself. And one of the comments was, is, is talk with him. It's, it goes back to the very heart of God's purposes and thoughts and comments on that. So scripture is God speaking to us and his children for our exhortation. By the way, that should be Second uh, Timothy. Forget Second Timothy 3.16. All scripture is inspired by God, for, profitable for what? For to reprove, for correction, so that the man of God would what? Adequately equipped. So here is this fullness for, the, for, the, for God's purposes, for God's work. And so part of this, this foundation, the exhortation, in quote, that it ties specifically to writing in Hebrew. So as we kind of transition this, is that we wanted to kind of give you um, some, some personal digging into this and to kind of hand out... Um, Mark kind of put this together, and I just want to use it, build out of this next part of it. Read the passage again, chapter 12. For consider him who endured such hostility, sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged, and you have not resisted to blood, striving against sin, and you have forgotten the exhortation with sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. Do not, it says, do not take lightly. So, when we in order to move forward and to be able to ha- have discernment and understanding and knowledge in the circumstances of what God is doing, where is God in all of this? The developer or, or the display opportunities is this first one is this taking this discipline of the Lord in one of two ways. And it's described in that passage. It says you either you despise the chastening of the Lord and it says do not be discouraged. So this first one is, is to regarding it lightly. It's regarding it lightly. The second part of it is to regarding it too heavily. Or, in, as you say, is, is, is in order to be discouraged. Or, in this case, faint. So, we're going we're gonna to describe them, and then we'll kind of let you kind of just do some of the build-out and the time to get us started, and then some examples on this. So, how would we describe this first part of the, when the verse says that my son, do not despise or do not despise resist, reject the chastening of the Lord. It is. It means to look down on or to reject outright or to not see God's hand behind the issue. Again, do you see how it ties to the very question of where is God in all of this? So, regarding it lightly, and I, I want to just dig a little deeper on that statement. When we talk about taking something lightly, I am not meaning the fact that a circumstance in your life, not a big deal. In fact, the people that are in, in those circumstances take them very serious. It's an all-consuming situation. But what this is saying is, is to don't look at it the wrong way. Again, remember God's purposes is to change the object of the focus, even away from the circumstance onto Him. That was the transforming um, proclamation, Job. It will change in that. So it's not, it's to looking down slightly. The opposite of this is these, cha- my perspectives on the disciplines in, in the Lord is that I, it's at a point where I'm, I, I just quit. I give up. I faint. And this is this, this picture of this fainting or to become overcome. 
or to despise it, it's almost this rejection or, to, or the hating of it. it um, it's like a physical collapse. You know, like you're, you're just, you can't move. Overwhelmed. It's overwhelmed. I mean, I, I can't think of other words that it's just beyond. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> not, do not despise the chastened Lord. Discouraged when you rebuke for him. The Lord loves. So part of this, it's regarding it too lightly. And so what are some of those different manifestations? I'm just going to take, um, a, a, this is not an all-encompassing list by any means, and I just want to, I want to click on some of these to kind of go through, and then we'll I want you to kind of work these through during next week as we pick this up. And, but the first one is by complaining. Um, think about a complaint in a circumstance. What, what are you really, what is really behind the complaint. Right. So then we'll say, well, okay, well, it's really not a, a complaint, but maybe it's a question. Then. Okay, let me restate that. So I didn't want it to come across Lord as a, as a complaint. So therefore, let me ask a question. Is there any difference? Oh, no. Again, if you're asking a question, it's coming from this perspective, you see? So I just, we've got to be challenged by this. And this is one example of this lightly part of it is that you, it needs to be deep to recognize that even in, when you ask a question, um, when Alec asks me, why, Papa, why, Papa, it, he doesn't care about the answer because he's just looking at why he, something has to happen because it's not affecting him, ultimately, even though he can phrase it as a question, not like he doesn't want to do something. So it's the same thing, questioning, and I want you to we'll dig on that, build that out a little bit more. The callousness, callousnessness, in this situation is that we have basically this aspect of where, um, and I'm going to go and use Paul's example in his life because I can relate to it in many ways, that we sometimes is that, you know what, I can just be pretty tough about something. Like, I don't know, bring it on. I, I can take this. And so it becomes almost in the flesh the hardening of the discipline in, in saying like, that didn't hurt Dad. Or it's like, you know, fine, give me a whack. And I was like, it's a callousness. It's hardening versus what? Soft. So this is this callousness that we see described. Carelessness of this. Carelessness. And this is basically is that um, almost an apathetic happening in there. And how can I say this? Even as a, as a, as a true believer, sometimes whatever. Just on more. Just keep piling it up on me, Lord. You know, and I'll take it. Because I know it's from you. That's that's not that's taking it lightly, because we're not seeing where God is in it. Remember, His design is for love. It's for development. It is for this purpose of displaying that in a way that's never been. I love that again, and now I see. Don't be apathetic in this. Forgetfulness. Forgetfulness in this situation is simply is, you know, again. What maybe God is bringing something back into it? Um, I don't know about you, but I, I had a couple brothers, and I always could be learned pretty quickly. I saw them kind of just kept making the same mistake, and get I learned from that one. Part of it is just the recognition of that and forgetfulness of again in circumstances. Now let's move to the last part of this regarding it too heavily, and this is this aspect of despondency where it is hopelessness. That's the way I would almost describe it. Russian. 
despair. It's, it's the throwing up. Unresponsiveness. Responsiveness is, is again, it's the ceasing of striving. It's really whatever. Then, or just outright anger. That anger then is... So our objective for next week, this is for you, only if you want to come and share, but to kind of build this out, is to take some of these different manifestations of how we respond to God's discipline. Contrast is that said in, the, in Proverbs 3 is lightly versus just this discouragement that he describes, and build it out. So in other words, what might be some specific examples um, your life or our lives you've seen, and then under the cures, the possible cures, is what might be some of the passages that you've really become that word that you're, that you're trying to remember. Where it says to rem- you've forgotten the exhortations, what are those exhortations that maybe we could compile in hearing for next week of some of those things? So what this will segue into next week is, you know, again, framing up kind of what we're seeing here is now how do we respond? Is these examples we start to see is how we respond to the scene it framed up for us really good. This again recognize that this is just a, a, a manifestations are not something to begin. You could almost drop in yourself into a lot of different categories, both regarding it lightly versus despondency. Of okay, any thoughts? Yeah, the, uh, this is what CM pulled the blank kind of right here is. Uh, Back to this this slide in here. So, the answering of of how it's how we react. It's part of that. The top of that. Why is because we need it, and it's important as you kind of look at this. Is part of this why part is is, is these questions. Okay. Father, we love you. Thank you, uh, Father. Your sovereignty clearly. Flex a uh, God of, of love and a God of all you, Father. Form us more and more uh, to back into love. Father, we confess that um, it's the flesh, but you also cling to the promise that uh, just we have the victory one in Christ. Father, that uh, we pray that just Satan would not have any lives, that, Father, there would be a breaking dire that we would come brightness and brokenness. So I thank you again. Uh, and I thank you for the fellowship of your see that all about you. Honor and praises to you, strengthening of conviction, lives, and a sovereignly guide.